Welcome to Implementing a Multi-Cloud Strategy Panel Discussion, sponsored by VMware. Here's today's moderator, Jason Miller. Welcome to the discussion today. My guests are Mike Wilkerson, the Senior Director of for End-User Computing for VMware Federal, Frank Konechki, the Chief Technology Officer for the Air Force, Doug Nash, the Chief Information Officer at the Agriculture Marketing Service in the Agriculture Department, and Tim Thorpe, the Director of Enterprise Hosting Division in the Office of IT Operation at the Environmental Protection Agency. Gentlemen, welcome to the discussion today. Before we get started, let me set some context for our discussion. It's been almost eight years since the Office of Management and Budget kicked off its latest data center consolidation and optimization initiative. Back in February 2010, OMB said the goal was to reduce the number of data centers by 40% by 2015. Well, here we are almost eight years later, OMB has moved the goalpost, argued over metrics with the Government Accountability Office, came up with an assortment of approaches to classify, to reclassify, to reduce and consolidate, and finally to optimize federal data centers. Most recent memo from August 2016, former federal CIO Tony Scott told agencies to evaluate options for transitioning to provision services in the cloud, for migrating to interagency shared services or co-location services, or to further optimize their current data centers. For our discussion today, we're going to focus on the cloud option. The cloud presents new challenges, particularly as, it's, as data is moved off-premise. Agencies need to rethink their processes and consider how technologies such as virtualization can help make federal systems more efficient and safer from attack. And of course, we have to mention the fact that data center optimization is a key piece to any IT modernization strategy. In fact, a major section of the White House's draft IT modernization strategy focuses on network modernization and consolidation. The section aims to remove some of the impediments that have stopped agencies from moving apps to the cloud. So how can agencies take advantage of the cloud, particularly hybrid cloud? Modernize apps and still keep data secure? Well, that's why we have our panel here today. You guys are going to give us all our answers. So once again, our guests are Mike Wilkerson, the Senior Director for End User Computing for VMware Federal, Frank Konetsky, the Chief Technology Officer at Air Force, Doug Nash, the Chief Information Officer for the Agriculture Marketing Service in the Agriculture Department, and Tim Thorpe, the Director of Enterprise Hosting Division in the Office of IT Operation at the Environmental Protection Agency. So let's just start at the beginning. We're talking about IT modernization, but we're really talking about data center consolidation optimization. Tim, I'm going to turn to you first since you're right next to me. Talk about EPA's efforts so far. How are you guys doing with this data center effort? Yes, uh, Jason, we are uh, making progress on our data center optimization initiative. Uh, specifically, we have been successful in closing 17 out of 34 non-tier data centers. Uh, as far as optimization metrics go, uh, Closing those data centers has been instrumental in helping us drive towards achieving those optimization metrics specifically. We are having success with respect to our facility utilization initiative, server utilization, and PUE, which stands for uh, power usage effectiveness. So kind of all those green IT, all those Correct. all those stats, if you will, that's yes. really showing. And then the 17 of 34 non-tier, we have the whole tier versus non-tier issue Correct. too. So do you have tier data, data centers? Yes, but for this initiative, we are not required to close any tier data centers. We only have four, and we're allowed to keep those four open. And I think, I think that's been the push and pull with GAO as well, so that's a whole different, <laughs> we can go down that path yes. later. Uh, Doug, let me turn to you. USDA also has, I, I remember talking to your CI over the years, and you guys have not only data centers, but uh, 17 or 18 disparate networks. You guys have a whole host of, of a, that path toward modernization. Talk about data centers. Yeah, you know, so uh, USDA, very large geographically uh, dispersed uh, department. So we're doing a lot to modernize around IT. Specifically with our data center optimization, we, we've closed a significant, significant number of data centers over the last several years, particularly at our 2,700 county offices. But we still have 23 uh, non-tier data centers, 16 uh, tier data centers. We're working to uh, close many of those where, so that we can move to, we have uh, one enterprise data center, uh, our National Information Technology Center in Kansas City, uh, that currently does provide some shared services federal government wide. We've got a backup data center in St. Louis. And so our strategy is still a cloud first, commercial cloud first strategy uh, with our enterprise data center being the, the, the backup for that. It's uh, the primary services there, platform as a service that a number of our, that the USDA customers use. Specifically in my agency, we've got uh, two data centers that we're looking to ultimately uh, close down to move to commercial cloud. So lots going on, um, but we're, I think we're making good progress, but still lots to do. 
Now, help me understand because um, you have NITSI, NTIS, right. I guess, and, and they're providing some data center shared services for other agencies and right. USDA. Mm -hmm. And then, but you're also from an AMS, agricultural marketing service perspective, but more broadly as well, probably. Right. You're looking to go to the cloud for most of your storage and, and, and compute needs or yeah, uh, kind of hybrid? <laughs> well, for hybrid, you know, so at AMS, we already use NITSI to host uh, our enterprise USDA data center to host some of our mission critical applications. What we're wanting to do is to move additional uh, workloads to commercial cloud because that is our first priority. Uh, USDA has established uh, both Azure and Amazon Web Services as our two uh, uh, core or uh, enterprise selected uh, cloud services and we and department-wide agencies have started to move to that and uh, we're just getting started with that on the AMS side. Okay, so plenty to follow up with you. Yep. Now, Frank, talk a little bit about the Air Force. You guys have, uh, compared to uh, USDA and EPA, you have a much bigger uh, road to, to travel. To say the least. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the OMB initiative was actually merged together with the GIE initiative. So we're really using GIE as the way to do data center consolidation and the movement to the cloud. And as we progress down that path, we find there's lots of things we have to do. The major problem space has always been how you migrate all those 3,000 applications into a cloud environment. And that's where we're currently working right now is ways to actually do that. But we're currently in commercial clouds right now with software as a service. We are in, we're trying to determine what other clouds we're going to go into because DOD is having their own commercial cloud in their own Dota environment as well as the Army has already established theirs as well as you know, we're talking with other people about doing the same thing. So the question is, as we progress out, we're going to have to start moving things to one of those component data centers. Now, the issue for us is that every base has its own data center, which is necessary for key critical applications that are existing at the base. You have to do mission no matter if we're connected or not to the network. So the idea is to put mission critical applications at the base in a virtualized infrastructure, which is a cloud, as well as keep the enterprise level applications at one of the commercial clouds or one of the DUD component clouds. One of the things about the, the move those 3,000 apps, and we've talked about this quite often, is the, the and we'll get to this as the modernization side, but do you, do you have to s decide which cloud to go to first and then that, the modernization comes, or is it in parallel? It's, it's a parallel issue because you have to look at the engineering analysis of that application, determine what it actually needs, what other applications it actually com is communicating with in terms of databases and things, because you don't want to move an application to a particular cloud and then have it communicate continuously to other applications and other clouds or back to you know an Air Force base. You have to be careful what you do, just because of the cost analysis you have to do on top of the engineering analysis. It's interesting, both Doug and Tim, you guys were shaking your heads like, yes, yes. absolutely. Yes. So uh, we're going to travel back around to that, but let's bring in a Mike from VMware. Mike, talk a little bit about, you just heard three different kind of perspectives, everyone's in a different spot. Comment on what you heard, but also what you're seeing from your clients within the federal sector. It's, a, it's an interesting question. Um, as we talk about data center modernization um, and the move to the cloud, well, the first core tenant of that and the biggest enabler of that was data center consolidation. The biggest driving factor that enabled that was core virtualization on the compute side, which we happen to know a little bit about so over the years. <laughs> um, and it was a really easy ROI when you can collapse thousands upon thousands of physical assets into hundreds, if not tens. Um, it's a simple math equation from that perspective. I think tapping on the, you can go to every federal agency, FFRDC, federal integrator, and not, there's not one that hasn't gone through some sort of effort. And that core virtualization, compute virtualization being the first tenant or enabler of that. Um, what that has led to over the course of the past 10 years is this third cloud platform era that we're in now, going to mobile cloud. Um, what we're seeing across agencies is exactly what you heard explained earlier. It's this combination of what can I do publicly, what can I do in a private cloud, in a community cloud, what can I do across both, do I have to pick and choose, what's my decision? And I think what we're seeing is, and I think what's been validated, it's not a one-size-fits-all, rip a Band-Aid off and I'm magically in the cloud. We like to call it a journey, because that's exactly what it is. It's, it's a phased approach, step one, step two, step three. The first big step, as I said, was that computer virtualization, that data center consolidation. So now that sets up for the next two to three steps to really get to that end state of where organizations want to be. It's interesting you call it a third cloud platform. I don't think I've actually heard that. I've, over, you know, I've heard the hybrid and you've heard the public and the private. But when you talk third cloud, let's put a little finer point on that. You're talking, you said public and community, but you're so. So, what what's the third piece? Is it is it the private, private, public, or hybrid? And that's the third. 
Well, actually, what we what we call third platform is you start m mainframe was your first platform. Okay. Platform two, client server. Okay. So um, using cloud as platform three, the mobile cloud era. Okay. Uh, things that are more mobile friendly. More. It's it's really more about the application, the application delivery, and the services that go with that. Uh, okay, I, it, that's interesting. I guess I hadn't heard it that way, so it's, it's, a, it's a great way. Uh, it's, it was a lot easier when we just had mainframes, wasn't right. it? Right, yeah. Well, Not that I remember good, that, good but... Times. In a lot of good times. times. <laughs> in a lot of ways, we're back to that. It, it's, exactly. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, because I want to go back to something that Frank said, because both Doug and, and Tim were, were kind of nodding their heads. When we talk about data center optimization and data center initiatives, this is also the leading down the path towards modernization. So, so let me start with Doug maybe a little bit. When you guys are looking at IT modernization and, and, and really apps modernization is really what we're talking about here, mm -hmm. Frank made it, brought up a comment about how understanding what your apps are, where they fit in parallel with the cloud. Are you guys starting to go down that path as well? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, I agree completely with Frank, with Frank in the sense that um, you don't just pick a certain cloud environment without consideration in terms of the application, the data architecture, and and its relationship with other systems. We are uh, one of the big efforts we have going on across your SDA right now uh, with our new secretary is around uh, application modernization in terms of improving the customer experience uh, when they come to USDA. Right now. Uh, uh, when customers come to USDA, it tends to be very kind of uh, agency focused. And what uh, the Secretary is wanting to do is to have a more integrated uh, experience, cu integrated customer experience, where you don't really even have to think about which uh, agency you're dealing with, you know, more kind of retail uh, experience. And so that's driving a lot of our application modernization in terms of uh, the platform we're using, uh, what cloud solution we use. And, um, and then in terms of the priorities of which applications we're starting with. And one of the, department-wide, one of the big focus areas is on farm uh, production and conservation, because that touches, uh, you know, it's in 2,700 county offices across the country, so it's a kind of a key retail location for USDA. And let me, I'm gonna go to Tim, but real quick, Frank, are you guys, when you guys are doing your prioritization, are you guys taking a similar view, not necessarily of, of farm, uh, apps, of course, but from the Air Force, which ones are most popular, which ones are most mission-centric? Some of those, yes, but sometimes you have to look at the contracting relationship that they have and who's doing the contracts and when the contracts are up and what does your budget look like. <laughs> so there's more than just saying, here's my priority, because I may have to say, this is, this is my priority app, but I can't move it because it's contract's not up or I, I have to, but I have three others that I have to move now, even though they're not the highest priority just because of the contracting issues. Okay. And Tim, let me jump over to you. Talk a little, you obviously when Franklin initially talked about this, he was, you kind of nodded in your head too. Talk about the, the app side, the, the modernization piece. Yeah, so with respect to applications, what we're finding is that uh, it is very difficult in a lot of cases to move legacy applications to the cloud. And as Frank discussed and Doug touched on it as well, uh, there's situations where you have tentacles where the application is reaching back into other legacy applications. So it requires a lot of effort in looking and understanding exactly what you're having to deal with. Frank also just touched on the fact that there's a timing aspect of it, right? Contract, uh, getting in, uh, aligned with the re uh, life cycle refresh, uh, such that you don't have what I call sunk costs. So right. we have uh, taken the time to look at trying to divide applications into two what I call swim lanes. Uh, one would be the legacy applications, and again, that's a heavy lift. And then there's the newly deployed applications, and using the cloud-first strategy, uh, you should look at deploying those to the cloud right off, as opposed to bringing them in-house and then looking at migrating them later. And when you talk about newly deployed apps, are we talking about things that are under development or that are being developed, or something that is less than three years old or five years old? Things that are newly being developed that are uh, uh, suited specifically for cloud. Yeah. Uh, we want to tailor it that way and deploy it out there at the outset. Okay, because uh, legacy is, has that word, like everything's legacy, right? You, today it's modern, tomorrow it's legacy now. So I wasn't sure if you guys were putting, it was been interesting to me if you said, yeah, anything that's been deployed or developed in the last three years or five years or something. So I wasn't sure if that's what you're getting to. Uh, Mike, jump in here a little bit and, and, and talk a little bit about the, the application side of this because data centers are great. We can, you know, Doug or Frank can say, look, we, we're, we're green and we're, all our storage is, you know, 85% of every blade server is being used to its capacity, but really it gets back to what can you do once you move there. So what's the application piece from your perspective and, and talk a little bit about that. 
ultimately the application piece is probably the most important piece. That's what that's what serves the mission. That's what drives the mission. That's what, in in a sense, that's what IT is here for to deliver that that critical application or set of applications and tools to the users, regardless of agency, organization, etc. What we're seeing is that line of demarcation that I talked about earlier, where we just virtualized compute, networking, and storage has now moved further up the application stack to where it's now the endpoint in the application. To bring into uh, the complexity of it, not only is it the application, but it's how are the users accessing it? What are they getting to it from? Uh, tablet, smartphone, laptop, desktop. Um, you bring in the, the, the mix of you know, the legacy platforms, it just it doesn't make sense to, to modernize those for, what, for one reason or another. Um, so what we're seeing is, and again, I tie it back to the hybrid cloud approach, is that architecture gives uh, federal IT the opportunity to, as we said earlier, you know, sort of pick and choose. If there's a SaaS platform or a community platform application that's better suited to meet the need, you have the flexibility to do that. If there's things I need to keep in-house for whatever reason, I can do that. I now have that cross-cloud collaboration, both in terms of management and movability and flexibility that I haven't had you know, in five, 10 years. I think that's a key point that we're going to pick up in the next segment, the SaaS platform, the flexibility. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the panel discussion, Implementing a Multi-Cloud Strategy, sponsored by VMware on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. Today's digital transformation report, Realize What's Possible, provided by VMware. I'm Lynn Martin, Vice President, Government, Education, and Healthcare for VMware. Cloud is the hot topic in IT. At VMware, we help agencies embrace a hybrid cloud environment. By mixing public and private clouds, agencies can create an agile environment. VMware's cross-cloud architecture integrates with government cloud providers such as Amazon Web Services and IBM. If your agency needs help deploying hybrid clouds, managing multiple clouds, or achieving continuity of operations, VMware is the place to start. If you want to know how to safely and securely embrace hybrid cloud, take advantage of cloud economies, and speed into the future, reach out to VMware. Let's talk. VMware Solutions, modernizing government IT, streamlining operations while reducing costs and strengthening security. Realize what's possible. Visit VMware.com slash go slash federal. Welcome back. You're listening to the panel discussion, Implementing a Multi-Cloud Strategy, sponsored by VMware on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guests today are Mike Wilkerson, the Senior Director for End-User Computing at VMware Federal, Frank Konechki, the Chief Technology Officer for the Air Force, Doug Nash, the Chief Information Officer at the Agriculture Marketing Service in the Agriculture Department, and Tim Thorpe, the Director of Enterprise Hosting Division in the Office of IT Operation at the Environmental Protection Agency. At the end of last segment, uh, Mike set us up perfectly, right? You, you, you start talking about the platform piece and software as a service, and, and in many ways, that's where the data center is taking, I think, most agencies is not just, hey, we're better with the data and the compute side, but really where does the applications live? So let me start with Frank, since I think you've, you and I have talked a lot about this application modernization. Where does software as a service maybe fit, or what platforms, I should say, fit for the Air Force right now, or what are you looking at for your applications as well, you modernize? Well, we already have one software as a service already established already. And it's really in the personnel side, it's for everybody in the Air Force. So it's actually working very well. Uh, the drawback of that is that you have to take whatever that platform is and utilize it without too much configuration, let's put it that way. You can have some, but you can't have too much because of the underlying structure that they're going to update that application when they have to based upon releases. And so that, that's one of the things. And we're looking at other software as a service capabilities also because we want to get out of the business of actually um, maintaining applications in essence. I mean, there's a point where we want to be able to buy everything. I mean, the Air Force is on a buy everything mode everything as a service capability because we do not have enough manpower right now to actually do the work. We want to have manpower dedicated to mission. And so when you talk for us, we're always, you know, network as a service, data center as a service, everything as a service is what we want to proceed to. So we're looking at all sorts of other platforms as well to actually support that. So if the one personnel side is working well, I think this is something I talked with Bill Marion about, uh, the pay and personnel side of it. 
what's the you said the one challenge is the the customization, but that's where things used to go bad so often is the customization. That's, that's right. So isn't that a, a good trade? That's a good trade, but yeah. you have to convince oh. the users that it's a good trade. <laughs> <laughs> that's the easy part. No, that's not, that's <laughs> no. technology is the easy part. That's right. Before, so so Doug, let me shift to you. Are you guys starting to look at SaaS a little bit, or is, are things still in the infrastructure world, and, and or what? Well, uh, yeah, we're looking at uh, SaaS and PaaS, probably using a lot of uh, platforms as a service right now. You know, as we look at software as a service, where we see the best use cases are around more of the administrative system, kind of the non-core mission applications, just like Frank said, in the sense that these administrative systems don't require as much uh, customization, and so they work well off the shelf. Um, we, uh, you know, we've used certain SaaS products for quite a while. USDA adopted Office 365 and all collaboration tools back in 2011. Our uh, uh, department-wide travel system is uh, Concur. Uh, we use uh, Remedy On Demand uh, for our um, uh, enterprise help desk. And then, you know, depending upon what parts of Salesforce you use, uh, we parts of that, you know, you could consider software as a service, and that's a uh, platform that's growing pretty quickly in USDA. But uh, we, we see that, and, and then of course at our enterprise data center within USDA, its primary offer, offering is platform as a service. I want to go back to the mission side because I think that's something that we can kind of delve into a little bit. But before I do that, have you had the similar experience that Frank mentioned is, is you have to kind of change the processes, change the people, if you will, so they say, well, we can't do it like we used to because the platform doesn't, or the software doesn't allow us. Right, I mean, it's, re it's really tricky kind of getting that sweet spot, but you know, the benefit of going to SaaS is obviously, you know, you don't have to do all the customization. But uh, when you talk to different uh, uh, subject matter experts and users and business areas, uh, sometimes they tend to want to do uh, extreme customization, even if the uh, minimally viable 85, 90% works well enough. And, and I think after you have those conversations with uh, um, the customer and they see that uh, SaaS does work and there's not that much compromise, it's a pretty easy uh, sell to go with it. And how much of it is the skin side, right? You can say you can put a front end on it that really is, can be customized. So it says USDA or EPA, but it's, it, the back end does all the hard work. Is I, that I, most I, of it what we're talking about Yeah, here? I think that's, that's a really good point. It, it's really the, the look and feel, and that can be customized for the particular uh, user experience, but the underlying uh, application doesn't have to change. Because that's all we really care about, right. isn't it? How does it look to me, yeah. not back end. Uh, Tim, talk about SaaS, so it's EPA, how are you guys starting to use it or are using it? Yeah, we are using SaaS. Uh, we have a number of SaaS deployments. The most notable to date would be uh, the Microsoft Office Collaboration Suite. In specific, uh, we were shifting our email uh, we also got SharePoint and OneDrive, and we're leveraging or beginning to leverage OneDrive a little better. So going back a little bit to what Frank and Doug both are talking about, uh, recognize that we do see or have demonstrated that the shift from uh, what we call CapEx to OpEx is beneficial uh, in that there is uh, savings to be derived over a period of time. Um, so we're having pretty good success thus far. All right, I'm going to throw a curveball. You ready? Okay, yeah. all right, all right. Mm -hmm. Not the heater, the curveball. How much savings are you seeing? Well, and you can say, I don't know, because well, it's a hard question. Well, that, that. That, that's a great question. Uh, one of the things that needs to be clear is uh, when we go to uh, SaaS offering, as, as uh, Frank was saying, it's a package deal. And so what we found is that it's not apples to apples, right. meaning that the uh, what we got in that package was much more than what we had in the legacy application. So it's hard to do that that uh, comparison. Sometimes you're paying the same, but you're getting so much more yes, capabilities. Yes, so much more. And the savings, well, if we did this old way, it would have cost us X. So yes. that's why I said it was a little bit of a curveball. Yeah. But you, you, you stuck it good. Um, from your experiences moving to O365, Office 365 in the collaboration suite, a lot of that has come right out of the box. Are you starting to look at other back office systems as well for software, or is that further down the road? It's it's a little further down the road, but but as part of our cloud first strategy, everything gets looked at at the appropriate time, mm -hmm. based on what we talked about earlier, Correct. which is contracts, timing, money. Correct. Yeah. Right, and that we, we can talk about your your budget, but we won't. So we're going to talk to Mike instead. Uh, Mike, when we talk a little bit about the software as a service and, and the move to it, what kind of questions, what kind of challenges are you seeing with your federal clients? Because as, as Frank said, the customization, the change management side is is always the hardest when we when we talk about it. Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, we see a couple of different challenges. One is we talked about it earlier, cultural. It's the, the notion of I consumed I, I, I consumed uh, a, a particular product or platform a certain way. Um, 
It brings into uh, consideration contractual issues, um, paying for a subscription service versus traditional cap, a CapEx expenditure. How do you change that? Um, IT organizations have been used to having so much control over every little minute detail from a reporting auditing perspective. How much of that now have I essentially outsourced in that, in that SaaS model? So having those kind of conversations up front and, and setting clear expectations with not only IT, but make sure that you know IT is having that conversation with their consumer as to what the trade-offs are. Um, and believe me, the pluses in a lot of ways outweigh the minuses. The second um, big concern when you hear cloud in any uh, federal organization, security. I knew that. That's that's number I, one. I, I just knew that. That's, that's the layup. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the fastball right down the middle. Um, and it has to do with security. And I think uh, both uh, having, if you go look at the FedRAMP marketplace, and see what's out there now from a, a, a software application services perspective has helped uh, greatly re mitigate some of that risk and concern. I think that that list of, of products is growing every day. And they've done a good job in the Federal Program Office of making it a lot easier for the vendor community to become uh, certified and to give that level of assurance. So to kind of summarize that, it, it's really the cultural, the contractual, and then how do you handle security? And then how do you manage it? I want to say you may be the first vendor I've ever heard to compliment FedRAMP. I just want to say that. We had a very so positive experience. If our friend from GSA, Matt Goodrich, is listening, I hope he has a little bit of a smile on his face. Because <laughs> FedRAMP is a, sometimes it's the, 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 the security effort that we all love to hate. Um, I do want to go back to one thing you mentioned, the, the pay, the subscription model. Right. Are, are agencies coming around? Are you seeing agencies understanding that it's not just a, hey, you're going to pay us a million dollars to put in this type of software, but you're going to pay us by the use user or the usage? I mean, are you seeing that change? Uh, it's starting, it's shifting. It is. It's getting away from that, I'm just going to buy a fixed amount of perpetual license and continue moving forward. It's, it's moving into, okay, it's really, you, it follows the same model as sort of the wireless services or internet or, or WAN services, connectivity services. That's basically a subscription-based model. It's changing my way of thinking and applying that to how I consume software now. So it's, we, we've, it's trending in the right direction. Because we're in the third platform. Right. Uh, Doug, jump in. Yeah, the, uh, the, the cost part is, is a tricky part from a, a software as a service uh, product standpoint in the sense that uh, vendors' uh, cost models vary. And, uh, and, and also, you know, some of the applications we use you know, they could be just a small group of specialists that use them within a particular organization. Others, it could be, you know, large numbers of, you know, the public accessing it. And how to get the, you know, how to uh, get the right cost model to, to, to manage something like that. And also to, from an enterprise perspective, having a consistent way that these, uh, you pay for them and the costs are, are, are charged. So it, it's an area that we see, it's, there's a bit of a learning curve understanding how that works. And I know, Tim, jump in real quick, but I know it's also the challenge of who's your customer. Exactly. Understand that, Tim, exactly. jump in. Yeah, I want to piggyback a little bit on what Doug just talked about. So, so within the federal sector, understand that we have uh, finite budgets, <laughs> and so and so what happens is when you have a subscription service, it's it's pay by the drink, right. and so you have to watch the utilization because. When you get towards the end of the year, if you've already burned down your budget, you're going to find yourself in uh, trouble, a ratification sort of issue, which we don't want in the federal sector. And so that's one of the things that we're having to kind of make sure we uh, bring up to speed along with uh, our consumption of uh, SAS. Yeah, don't do anti-deficiency act stuff. Exactly. That's bad. It's but bad. Mike, you can help them, can't you? I mean, you, VMware or whomever you're, they're working with could almost put a, uh, a if you, this is going to date me a little bit, but if you remember, uh, to stop someone from driving fast, they could put a, a what was it called, a guard on governor. A, governor. a governor. Couldn't you put a governor on it? <laughs> yeah, software vendors can. I mean, yeah. we, we can do that by basically, and we, you know, providing, <laughs> you know. Frank's shaking his head, sorry. <laughs> it's, it has, you know, operating, you know, being a SaaS provider, you can, you know, give utilization reports, usage reports on a more routine basis. So it's not, you know, as Tim said, it's not a surprise come September 1st that you have this, I hate the term true up, mm -hmm. but essentially, oh, you've consumed this over the year. It's, it's a, it's a two-way conversation in which we in the vendor community provide, you know, constant visibility in usage reports and analytics so there are no surprises. So, Frank, were you laughing at my governor comment, or were you laughing at my idea that you can actually do that in government? You can actually do that in government. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, here I have a mission going on. You say, oh, I'm going to throttle you back, sir. Don't worry about it. 
<laughs> but I think, I think what they're talking about, though, maybe is less than mission, right? But maybe it's uh, HR, or maybe it's, I don't yeah. know. What, 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 but if what, you look at it, you know, okay, yeah. pay. I'm going to throw all back pay. That's <laughs> <laughs> HR. That's it's, it's finance, you know, and that's the question. And, you know, we can't, you have to be very careful about what you throttle back. Mm-hmm. And, yep, and, you know, yep. the model also is that, you know, it varies between the seat, seat model, which, you know, Office 365 <coughs> does, as well as the real consumption of an application. You have to be careful of how you do it. But if we found if you contract in the middle of the year, you don't have the you don't have the troop at the end. You have the troop in the middle, and you can actually keep a contract going, so you get funding. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the best practice. We just don't contract on, on October first, but middle of the year, but March first. Doug, jump in. Well, well the, the software as a service. Uh, I haven't seen as many consumption models on software as a service. It's more like Perseet uh, that uh, Frank described, but the, I, you know where we've seen it more is like uh, the for the. Um, virtual network services and uh, cloud uh, hosting services and and there you know you definitely do want to have some way to manage consumption and so that you don't end up uh, blowing your budget uh, you know through back office activities and at the same time you, like for instance for you know at certain times you're going to have a, a, a bump when people are reporting data back to the right. agriculture service right right exactly but but you know that's predictable it can right. be managed and you understand business cycles throughout the year and thresholds to manage it. But uh, um, I, I think all those are doable and we're le- uh, learning how to do that. Let me shift over here because we'll go back to something that Frank said at the beginning of the conversation of the segment was uh, for back office, it may be fine, but mission, you maybe haven't figured out how to, or, or, or what's the best way to do software as a service for mission. Is that something that Air Force is starting to look at as well? Or We're looking at it as well, but it is it's more problematic. Especially since uh, you know it's not it's a consumption model we're talking about now, and depending on your your mission this week, it may change. You may wipe out of your budget within a month if you're not careful, and so you have to have you know is this a must pay bill or is this not a must pay bill, right. and then the question is how fast can you move money around, especially to you know the various vendors that you have to have to support that. Uh, but Mike, tell us why that Frank should not worry so much. <laughs> can you? Can you? <laughs> um, I can speak from our perspective is, is some flexibility. We understand the mission criticality and um, we're very sensitive to that in terms of we understand things happen um, and there's, you know, there's definite, um, I like to equate, you know, there, there's, there's definite priority placed on certain missions compared to, say, others, where it doesn't make good sense from, for various reasons right. to do that. And, and it's interesting because it's, it's, it's a tough, because like we're, we're talking about, let's say, Frank and his mission areas. We're talking about, you know, if you're flying sorties in, in Afghanistan or Iraq, the, the software, whatever you're using, can't fail. Uh, but, Doug, you have a similar mission where if, if you're trying to do crop yields or some sort of data that matters, that can't fail either. Right. So, so are you guys also looking at software for mission side or not so much? It's a mix because, you know, some mission area functions are very, very unique and you don't find uh, equivalent products in industry. But there are are others like uh, where we grade and track the quality of uh, uh, produce uh, across the United States. And there are uh, products that Walmart and Sam's Club and others use that could be adaptable to our uh, use within USDA. So it's kind of a mixture. What about taking something that, let's say, you guys developed within mm-hmm. USDA and putting it on a cloud or putting it in a data center that's in the cloud? Mm-hmm. So it's still your customized application oh, yeah. that's mission focused, but just happens to be has to, happens to live in the cloud versus living in, in your data center. That's oh, oh yeah, and that's real common. We're uh, you know we're working on a uh, uh, particular uh, project right now uh, using ServiceNow, which is going to obviously run out of the cloud. Submission application, and um, you know that's really our default is to build it in the cloud, even if it's not software as a service. Right. And Tim, are you guys also mission side? Real quick on the mission side, are you guys looking at where software as a service can fit into to meeting your mission goals with new or legacy? A- a- absolutely, absolutely. We're doing that, and uh, one of the things that we want to be mindful of is, uh, for example, when we have applications that are servicing on-scene coordinators, for example. Uh, we want to make sure we don't run into those types of issues where uh, we bump up against a budget issue and they're not able to do what they need to do because that is a mission critical function. And the budget side is still the hardest, I think, that, uh, when we talk about cloud and software as a service and such. Well, let's take a quick break and come back. We can jump into our other favorite topic and security maybe a little bit and, and some other things. Uh, you're listening to the panel discussion, Implementing a Multi-Cloud Strategy, sponsored by VMware on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. 
Today's digital transformation report, Realize What's Possible, provided by VMware. I'm Lynn Martin, Vice President, Government, Education, and Healthcare for VMware. Cloud is the hot topic in IT. At VMware, we help agencies embrace a hybrid cloud environment. By mixing public and private clouds, agencies can create an agile environment. VMware's cross-cloud architecture integrates with government cloud providers such as Amazon Web Services and IBM. If your agency needs help deploying hybrid clouds, managing multiple clouds, or achieving continuity of operations, VMware is the place to start. If you want to know how to safely and securely embrace hybrid cloud, take advantage of cloud economies, and speed into the future, reach out to VMware. Let's talk. VMware Solutions, modernizing government IT, streamlining operations while reducing costs and strengthening security. Realize what's possible. Visit VMware.com slash go slash federal. Welcome back. You're listening to the panel discussion, implementing a multi-cloud strategy sponsored by VMware on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guests today are Mike Wilkerson, the Senior Director for End-User Computing for VMware Federal, Frank Konechki, the Chief Technology Officer for the Air Force, Doug Nash, the Chief Information Officer at the Agriculture Marketing Service in the Agriculture Department, and Tim Thorpe, the Director of Enterprise Hosting Division in the Office of IT Operation at the Environmental Protection Agency. Now, before break, we, were, we talked about software as a service. And before the other segment, we were talking really about data center consolidation and, and how they're kind of building. All of this really is leading to one main goal, which is IT modernization. I mentioned that the, the White House released its uh, draft IT modernization. The final one is still in process of being developed. So let me just start with Tim. EPA has been down a path of the, talking to your former CIO, Ann Duncan, several times over the last you know, four or five years. She's really put you guys down a really solid path. Where's data center consolidation, optimization, software as a service all fit into that IT modernization discussion? Well, they all kind of come together when you think about it. Uh, what we're focused on is the data center consolidation piece. And then in doing that, we're going to be able to have a smaller IT footprint. With that smaller IT footprint, we can then take our IT investments and focus them and use them in an optimized fashion. And so we're moving in that direction, and our intention is to have that uh, well underway here uh, shortly. Shortly, and government talk is a week to a month to six months. So I won't pin you down on the timing, but when you talk about uh, take your IT investments and focus them, you have a priority list, you have areas that, that as you said, we talked earlier about legacy versus non-legacy systems. Is that, is that what the focus is around? Where can we, what needs to get done first? Absolutely, the uh, prioritization of workload and initiatives is very important. Uh, so while we get input from external organizations, uh, EPA gets that input and we put it in the correct prioritization such that we can execute with the uh, investment we have. And as Doug mentioned earlier, for instance, USDA has a cloud-first strategy. Are you guys also in that same realm? I know OMB has put out the document years and years ago now, but, but is EPA looking to do a ton of cloud? or Because where, we talked data center, we talked about software as a service. Absolutely. So our cloud-first strategy is what we employ when we're looking at any sort of deployment for applications and or systems. We give due consideration to cloud-first, but again, as we talked about earlier, there are a lot of factors that oh. everybody has to look at before before we make the decision as to cloud versus on-premise. On and again, I'm going to turn to Doug, very similar to EPA, you guys do such a lot of work with the, with the, with the, with the state and local governments, with right. the private sector, with, with farmers. Uh, how, how much of your modernization effort is really pushing more out to a cloud environment to software as a service? Uh, well, it's huge, you know. So again, we have a cloud-first policy. We want to leverage um, um, you know, the best tools that are out there to serve, you know, the American public. And, and so our, uh, the over, our overall IT modernization strategy is being driven by the broader departmental strategy around improving customer service, a more integrated experience when the public interacts with the various parts of USDA. And, uh, and, and so that, that's causing, you know, the work we're doing around cloud, around data center modernization, et cetera. And, and some of the things that we're looking at is getting to more of a paperless digitized environment uh, to, uh, and even to move to a self-service where the, the customer, you know, certainly they can still come into uh, USD agencies and get support, but those that want to get service uh, online, they can do that. And then within uh, uh, my agency specifically, AMS, um, we, we, have 30, our, we have 32 applications in our portfolio. 
we're, uh, I mentioned that uh, we're modernizing uh, on uh, ServiceNow. Also, Dynamics, uh, um, we are, and we've got um, uh, three, three or four uh, major projects this year in terms of application modernization. And then also we're, uh, some of the other IT modernization we're looking at is just uh, in terms of going to more shared services, uh, using those uh, department-wide shared services versus doing it ourselves. And, and when you talk about three or four major projects, that's a, from a list of, of 100 or whatever. I mean, you have 34, 32 apps, so maybe it's a list of 32. Right, uh, out of a huge number department-wide. Right. And, you know, the, the big modernization effort in the department right now, I mentioned earlier, is around what we call Ag Central uh, Salesforce uh, type platform uh, for farm uh, production and conservation. Uh, the Office of American Innovations working with USDA to help uh, in the uh, development of that. And it's just getting started. But uh, again, it's all focused around improved customer service and a more integrated, streamlined experience for the public. All right, Ag Central, I'm going to keep that in mind yes. and, and look it up and when, when time's appropriate. Frank, let me turn to you. Uh, the Air Force is on a never-ending cycle of modernization. <laughs> uh, you mentioned JIE earlier, Joint Information Environment. Yeah. That, that relates also back to security side of the JRSS and, and so many other mm -hmm. things. Where does, how does cloud, where does, how does data center consolidation optimization fit into your strategies? We look at it from a mission resiliency viewpoint. I mean, everything has to support the mission, has to be resiliency. So when we go to a virtualized environment, we're looking for resiliency more than anything else. We've also talked with other, other data center vendors as about having a backup data center to actually just support COOP operations because sometimes you actually need those, and so it would be a different way of looking at the IT modernization. Obviously, we're, we're moving applications across. We're, we're, we're trying to get rid of the most of the legacy, modernize the legacy, if you will. <laughs> Sometimes hard are because we have all three phases. We have the mainframe, we have client server, and we have virtualized environments currently. So we're trying to do that as well. But the question becomes always, you know, what do I need to do to, to get my mission best out there in the field? And what does it need to do to support the user? And as I said, we're going into a, uh, as they use basis everything now for everything. As a service, yeah. Everything as a service. So it's, it's, we are looking at, even at our bases, actually outsourcing all the base communications as well as the base uh, data center to somebody else just because of that issue. I imagine when we talked earlier about the culture change, that's the biggest piece of it for you guys is to, wait a minute, the, the commander doesn't say, wait a minute, I don't own that anymore, I don't run that, and it's like, well, you do, but you do what you don't. You don't, yeah. I mean, we're, we're at the point of we're defending the base, but we are working with somebody who's maintaining the network and the data centers at the same time. Right. So you have to be, it's a careful distinction between the two. But it's better than having our airmen actually be trained every two years because that's the rotation cycle, roughly, of what's going on in the equipment, and they keep on being retrained, and it's easier just to bring in somebody who's more expert at doing commoditization and to do that work as opposed to us. All right, hey, he brings up the workforce question we'll get to in a sec, but let me just bring in Mike here. Uh, Talk a little bit about this IT modernization effort. Uh, it's something I know VMware is, is spending a lot of time talking to your customers about. As you kind of heard each uh, different perspective on the IT modernization, talk a little bit about from a client perspective. Are you what, what are you hearing from clients? What are, what are they asking for? Well, it's it's interesting hearing all three gentlemen kind of talk about their experiences. The analogy I like to use is modernizing IT is imagine you're in a race car, IndyCar, Formula One, NASCAR, whatever your choice, and you're in the middle of a race on the track. You have to change the engine, change the tires, change the wheels, refresh the driver, do all these things, oh, but you can't stop and come off the track to do it. That is ultimately the challenge of modernizing IT. Um, and with this move to this, this cloud-first approach in SaaS-based platforms, as I said earlier, it's not a, it, this is not a, we're going to flip a switch tomorrow and then we're modern. It's, it's a journey that has to take place and has to be planned out. It has to be planned out. Uh, accordingly, um, like we said, there are some things that mission mission just won't allow it to be modernized right now, and you prioritize those things. But you set yourself on a course of here's where I am today, here's where I want to be in three to five years, and then here's a prescriptive plan on how we get there, the things we have to do, things we have to check off in order to get there. Um, the good news is, <clears throat> is that we're seeing it across not only government but across just industry in general, finance, retail. Uh, 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 state and local education that uh, it's being done. Um, we've got a good amount of experience and some best practices on how to do that. A lot of times it's it's not only what you, you know to do, but it's what you've learned not to do. 
that helps in that regard. So I think from the vendor community, you know, we're here to really work with customers, work with federal IT to help them get through this journey. They're not in it by themselves. Uh, there's a lot of expertise in the field. Um, and I think the what we're trying to get to here as an end state is, and it was touched on earlier by getting, getting away from some of the operational, uh, we call it, you know, getting out of managing the plumbing, so to speak, and really free up IT to function it, to run at the speed of the business in a lot of ways. And that actually is a great lead in because Frank also mentioned the workforce change. Let me turn to Doug on the workforce because that's a challenge in and of itself when you talk about IT modernization, you talk about software as a service, you talk about data center consolidation. How's that workforce, how are you guys addressing that workforce challenge? Because it's a whole new set of skills in many ways. Well, it is. I mean, I think we've got some good skills across USDA, but the some of the areas where, you know, the first thing is to really paint the picture for the workforce that uh, there's lots of opportunities, in fact, more opportunities uh, in this, uh, this cloud-first environment. Um, and, and that uh, there is little to no value in the business areas for us consuming most of our time trying to keep data centers running. You know, we need to be focusing on the mission enabling applications and services because that's where the value is. The, some of the areas where uh, I see that we've, we have gaps uh, in USDA and in my agency as well is around the solutions architecture piece for cloud. How, how understanding what the capabilities are, uh, which cloud environment is right, which kind of service, um, how, and, then, and then the uh, uh, how to integrate uh, the network and security, because uh, uh, we have uh, those kinds of skills are very hard to come by and those seem to be sort of the stumbling blocks as we try to speed up our journey to the cloud. Tim, are you finding the same thing as Doug here when it comes to the workforce side of this? Exactly the same. Uh, to be very specific, uh, what we do is we leverage contractor resource uh, for the uh, emerging requirements, right? And that's in the short term because contractor resources can be pretty expensive. But what that does is it gives our federal workforce time to get retooled, retrained, and uh, refocused on uh, mission critical or mission essential functions. So we want to get to that point where we're focused on the business. So our use of formal training as well as uh, on-the-job on job training um, and uh, attending uh, conferences has been critical to fulfilling the gap. And I know the training piece and the hiring piece, I know um, agencies uh, the CIO Council had a CIO hiring a hiring fair recently for IT and, mm -hmm. and cyber positions, and I think they were looking to fill some like 500 positions. So it's a huge need. You yes. guys are just the tip of the iceberg. And, and Frank, we could talk probably all about your every two years getting the turnover. That's just painful. Uh, we feel it on the public affairs side. We find a good public affairs person that we like. And then they leave. So, but that's just my me being selfish. Uh, this has been a great conversation. Let's let's uh, want to leave the the the, the listeners are, are with a very um, kind of the takeaways, right? We've had we've talked about software as a service, IT modernization. We've talked about data center consolidation. So, so let me start, Tim. I think we started with you in the beginning, so we're going to start on the other end of the table with Mike. Uh, Mike, what's the takeaway? What should agencies keep in mind? No one's starting from zero, we know that, but no one is at 10 either. Right. So they're all down a p different parts of the path. What are some of the things, you mentioned journeys, you mentioned planning, what, what, what are the takeaways? Primarily, uh, and, and, you, and you nailed it, it's this, this, this journey, this journey to, from, to a modern you know, IT modernization, modernized data center, uh, cloud-based approach is, is exactly that. Um, it's not a one-size-fits-all. You know, I think hybrid is going to be the predominant architecture within the federal space. Um, and there's some benefits to that, being able to pick and choose. It's, you're in a good place now because you're able to pick and choose what I can leverage from the shared uh, platform environment, what I can do uh, on-premise internally. And there's capabilities and tools now that are provided that give you the ability to, to not only uh, plan that out, but to also uh, migrate it, manage it, how you move it back and forth, tons of agility and tons of benefit. And what I think that allows you is, and I think the federal government is in a good place for this, is you have a very diverse workforce. You've got millennials, you've got the baby boomers, and you've got folks like me in between who are Generation X. So there's a lot of experience both in the three platforms, mainframe, client server, and now uh, uh, cloud first. Um, so I think uh, you're in a, government's in a very good position to really sort of break through and sort of in, in some ways lead in the modernization effort. It's, I think you make a great point, they can pick and choose. Probably the first time as you went through your three platforms that they were able to do that. Right. Um, Frank, talk a little bit about the, the takeaways that you want to leave people with. 
you have to do the mission analysis and the engineering analysis of your applications to determine which one you want to move first and determine which one gives you the most bang for the buck. But also you have to think about just because you're moving it to a cloud environment doesn't mean it's secure. You have to think about the security ramifications and what you're going to do to defend it and what you're going to do for a coop strategy. I think those are the big deals that, you know, this is resiliency for a mission. This is everything you need to do. And so it depends upon how you look at it and how you do the analysis to get there. All right. Doug? Sure. I, so three things I, I would recommend. One is around, it's got to be the focus on the mission and the business. You know, we can get kind of caught up in all the interesting technology aspects of this and, uh, you know, what's leading edge and all that. But it's ultimately we got to adapt the technology to how to best serve uh, public, the business, the mission area. Second thing would be to uh, to look at really, and Frank, Frank mentioned this earlier, look at everything as a service. Uh, that, you know, we, we see little value in trying to continue to do, you know, on-premise data center, uh, you know, management of these routine IT things if we can get it as a service in a secure, cost-effective, mission-focused way. The last thing would be, even as we go to as-a-service solutions, we still own them as CIOs and IT professionals, so we have to manage the experience, the SLAs, the contract and all that piece, so the work shifts, and so it's important to have those kinds of relationships so you can deliver good integrated services. And I think that the last point is key. Just because it's as a service doesn't mean you as the CIO doesn't own it. Exactly. Uh, Tim, take us home. Yeah, hybrid cloud is, is clearly uh, the way we move forward in an <coughs> evolutionary way. Uh, it's a way to expand our data centers into the cloud environment uh, without uh, having so much uh, IT investment uh, spent on the on-premise data centers. So cloud is here, it is happening, and we're going to have to uh, find a way to find the right fit with the right applications to go to the cloud. Excellent. This has been a fascinating conversation. Unfortunately, we're out of time for today. So uh, you've been listening to the panel discussion, Implementing a Multi-Cloud Strategy, sponsored by VMware, on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. I've been your host, Jason Miller. I'd like to thank my guests, Mike Wilkerson, the Senior Director for End User Computing for VMware Federal, Frank Konechki, the Chief Technology Officer for the U.S. Air Force, Doug Nash, the Chief Information Officer at the Agriculture Marketing Service in the Agriculture Department, and Tim Thorpe, the Director of Enterprise Hosting Division in the Office of IT Operation at the Environmental Protection Agency. Gentlemen, again, thank you for your time. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsradio.com and search VMware. Thank you for listening to the Implementing a Multi-Cloud Strategy Panel, sponsored by VMware on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. The entire discussion is available on demand at federalnewsradio.com slash VMware.